Hey, great day. So before we get into today's podcast episode, I have a huge announcement. We are bringing back the Abundant CEO Private Practice Bootcamp. This is a three-day virtual party that I'm inviting all mental health therapists that either want a private practice in the next six to 12 months, or you already have had a private practice, maybe for the last year, five years, or even over a decade, but you want to understand wealth and cash flow in your company. You want to learn how to show up as a CEO and work more on your business versus in your business. Maybe you want to assess the health and the wealth of your current or future private practice to really see if you're on the right path to increasing your revenue, to growing your practice, maybe to streams of income later, or maybe even a group practice. Bottom line is you will walk away from this three-day bootcamp clarifying and understanding your niche, understanding how to show up as an abundant CEO, and most importantly, assessing the health of what you believe is a profitable private practice. So head down to the show notes and go to the link drtk.com forward slash links and sign up for the bootcamp. I'll see you there. Now let's head into the podcast episode. Hey, great day. So in this podcast episode, I will be starting up our holiday abundance series. Depending on the day of the week, I will be going live on Instagram and or it will be a regular episode. But bottom line is make sure that you're sitting down, having your pen and sheet of paper and some tea or coffee or your favorite drink to soak up all the abundance. Let's go ahead and dive in. Hey, my name is Dr. TK, and on this podcast show, we will uncover abundant mental health business tools to help you become the person you were meant to be. I am a mom and wife who took the knowledge as a clinical psychologist working for a government agency and being a professor for over 18 plus years into building a multi six-figure mental health business. My goal is to remove the employee mindset and replace it with an abundant CEO mindset. We will uncover the good, the bad, and the ugly of business ownership. I believe that you can make a wildly abundant living and become unapologetic while also dreaming big, enjoying life, and making a huge impact in your community. This is the Therapists Deserve Abundance Podcast. Hey, great day and welcome back to the Therapist Deserve Abundance Podcast. This is your host, Dr. TK. And so in today's episode, we are continuing our abundance series and I want to continue talking about travel. I have enjoyed all of the uh, feedback, the comments, um, the love in my stories and highlights regarding me, my husband and my son's uh, recent trip to Paris, um, Disneyland Paris as well, including London. And so I've received a lot of questions especially around how to travel with a toddler. And for us, it was our first time traveling for that length of time and also out of the country with our youngest son. And so I thought that I would dedicate a podcast episode um, specifically addressing, since we're talking about abundance, how to travel internationally with a toddler under five years old. And so I always like to pose a question because when I think about abundance, it's pretty much the opposite of lack. And I just recently did an Instagram live about budgeting tips. And one of the things that I talked about in that previous episode, so if you have not listened to it or tuned into it on Instagram, I would highly encourage it. But one of the things that we were talking about was when you're looking for travel, are you specifically counting yourself out because you feel like you can't afford it? Or are you actually focusing on your outcome 
from the desire that you have for the travel, and then you will go make the travel happen. And so the question that I post to you today is, does a child or does children really remove your ability to travel? And the short answer is no. Now, this is my rationale. I do believe that bringing a child of any age with you, heck, even adults, right? But children need, of course, supervision. It requires more intentional planning. And so I want to share with you three things that my husband and I did to travel to Paris and London with our four-year-old son. And so number one is for myself, because I really initiated the trip by sitting at home on Sunday, watching vlogs on Disney and really remembered um, that there was a Disneyland in Paris with the desire to now go because I saw this person talking about the 30th um, year celebration. And so we really had to look at, well, what is going to be the goal of this trip? All of our trips have a goal, whether it's clearly just family time, getting outside of the home. Sometimes I just need to work away from home. Maybe I'm going to work away from home, um, like out of state hosting a mastermind. But our goal for this particular trip was family time. I didn't want to work. I'm not hosting any coaching calls. I'm not even going to talk to my team. Okay. Like my Slack button is off. I don't want any alerts, but we really had to look at what was the goal of the trip. So that was the first thing that we wanted to consider. The number two thing you want to consider is, do you need help? So from time to time, I may bring a family friend along with me, especially when we're traveling for work, because in instances where it's just me and my husband, but now I have another team member that is stateside, um, specifically she lives close to me, but Before then, before June of 2022, it was primarily me and my spouse specifically going to the live events outside of like my friend who is usually a guest speaker and the photographer and videographer, which is also our friends. And so if my husband is out with the kids, that pretty much means that I'm at the event by myself. And I don't necessarily like to be at the events by myself, because also I may need some support. I may need some assistance and things like that. But regarding your child, is there anybody that needs to come with you? Maybe you are going to a location where there are adult things that you want to do, or maybe you just want to simply go get a couple's massage, but you can't do that if you have a toddler that depends on your supervision 24 seven while you're gone. So consider, do you need help, whether you're in a relationship, in a marriage, or are you single? Um, number three is what activities do you want to engage in when you go to the trip? Because to me, that dictates the location that you go. And so I get very creative, even when we go to places that some people may say, you know, is only for a girl's trip or only for adults. But I know that I would not take my son to a place that strictly has nothing, um, no activities for children whatsoever. And so I watch YouTube vlogs. I go on Pinterest. I look at uh, travel influencers and I specifically go on YouTube and I type in certain words that allude to the location that I'm going to. And is it appropriate for children to begin with? Okay. So those are the three questions that I asked myself before planning the trip. And then I want to share now with you, what did we learn from taking him on this trip more so in um, some tips. And so one tip is, like I said, watch travel vlogs on traveling to the location. And what I would highly recommend you do is go to the search bar. And for example, we typed in 
Paris with children, London with children. If I'm looking at other locations, Cancun with children, activities in Cancun with children, four-year-olds in Hawaii, in Honolulu, you can even put the age. And I would just recommend that because of what happened in the last two years between 2020 and 2022, that you also look at the time that the video was published because a lot of things could have changed. So I try to look at videos that were published between 2021 and 2022, because that's when our world really started to become open again and more people were starting to travel again. Another tip is map out activities and ensure that they are family friendly. You don't want to walk into an area where it's you know inappropriate for your child to even be there. So prime example, not at this trip, but like in other trips, we may go to Vegas. We may stay at a hotel that has a casino. And so I know that when we go, that's not the time if I'm by myself, which that's not the case when going to Vegas with my son. I'm always with my husband going there because it's up the street from our house. But let's just say if I wanted to go downstairs and gamble a little bit, I need to make sure that I have somebody there with me. Now, my husband's not a gambler, but he'll stand like next to me and see what I'm doing. But I play two games in particular. And so I don't, you know, I'm not going to be gone for a long time. But even if I'm gone for an hour, our son can't stand down there. So we have to make sure that when we're traveling, especially out of the country, that we map out and plan the activities. So for example, when we went to Paris, we knew that the first stop was going to be Disneyland Paris because I needed to get my son's mind like focused on, hey, we're here to have a good time because I knew that if we started the trip with going to museums and stuff like that, don't get me wrong, he was excited to go, but after like an hour and a half, he was ready to leave the museum. He's only four, but initially he just thought it was cool that we had some um, headphones on and it was pretty much telling us a story about the um, location of the museum that we were in. And so just make sure that you're planning some part of the trip to include children activities. Another tip is uh, we made the trip experience fun to remove issues with long flights. And so we prefer to do a nonstop flight. And I didn't know what that was going to look like for 10 hours straight from LAX into uh, the CDG airport, which is Paris. But I thought that it may be better to fly in the evening. They had flights in the morning, but I chose to leave at 6 p.m. We would get to Paris at 2 p.m. And even though I didn't even know how I was going to do on the plane at night with getting sleep, I was more concerned about my son. And so um, because we did make the decision to leave at night, that was one of the best decisions that I believe that we made. Therefore, like going and coming back, he uh, slept approximately seven to eight hours coming back. Going, I believe he slept maybe seven out of the 10 hours. And our flight coming back was also in the evening. We didn't even leave until like 930 because the flight was delayed. But either way, if we have a flight that's over six hours leaving the States and going out of the country, we are definitely going to do an evening flight because it just works better. Um, and also I just prefer if I can, and but you know, maybe going to Dubai is a little different, but cause it's like a, what, 18 to 20 something hour flight, depending on if you have to stop. But because it was straight through, I prefer not to have a stop because it was at night. If it was in the daytime, it may be a little bit easier because maybe we can get off the plane and grab some food. But at night you get off the airplane, there's nothing open. And so I just rather stay on a flight. Another tip is um, make sure that you look into comfortable seating arrangements, which means that you may have to plan your travel a lot earlier than maybe a lot of people that wait to the last minute. So for example, um, we looked into our tickets back in February, maybe early March. I bought the tickets fairly quickly after seeing the YouTube vlog. And initially I purchased um, 
I believe I purchased regular tickets and then I can't remember it was so long ago, but I purchased, I usually purchase regular tickets from time to time and then I will go in and upgrade the tickets. And so I end up you know, with premium economy. And it was lovely because it had a footrest, two kind, the one that goes under the seat in front of you, but also the one that comes up like a little baby recliner. Um, we had some plush down comforter um, blankets. We had a nice uh, pillow. We got two meals plus some snacks, um, a larger TV than the regular economy. And also we weren't packed in with a lot of people, had a separate bathroom. It was just a lot more comfortable and having a child going there, the flight was pretty booked. Like there was not one seat available. And so going, it was a two for two setup with seating. Um, if you were in premium economy and so, I thought that I had the window, but I had the flight wrong. And so as long as we were sitting together, I was fine. So we ended up booking the flight where we were sitting in the middle, but it was like my husband, my son, and then myself, and then a a gentleman was sitting on the side of me, but not a big deal. Coming back home, me and my son sat in the two seats. And then my husband sat in a two seater, but with somebody else, but in front of us. And so by all means, I would say that if I'm going to fly or when I fly again, I'm definitely with my son, either going to have the same level of seating. And if not better with a bed, uh, because I can only imagine how much more, um, in a high, higher quality of sleep we all would have gotten if we had like business class, a, a bed. Also, one thing that I will recommend is get food before you board the plane. Um, especially with a child. Children can be very picky. My son tends to be more pickier with us than he is at a school, probably because he's not eating around with his friends because we can watch the way that he eats at school based on an app that they used. But at home, he, he would swear that he only eats chicken, chicken nuggets, um, or the little organic chicken wings, a turkey hot dog, chicken hot dog, and chicken nuggets. Like he would swear that that's all he eats, but we know that that's not true. However, we don't have time for a toddler to go into a temper tantrum on a flight that's about to be 10 hours. And so I went on Amazon and I purchased what's called a bento box, but it's like a fancy lunch pail with little compartments. I cut him up some grapes um, and some additional fruit, like some apples. Um, we had bought some chicken the night before. So the morning of um, the day of, I just warmed it up and then wrapped them up and then put them in the little bento box. And then of course we can't bring any drinks, but that's fine. We can get the drinks in the airport, but I at minimum wanted to get him some food that I knew that he would eat. And we ended up getting like, I believe Chick-fil-A the night before. Cause I knew that if I warmed those up, he would still eat those even if they're not like super hot because most younger kids don't like super hot food anyway. Now this tip didn't come as a surprise, but it was just interesting how it went down. So we sat down and we couldn't even get to the whole 10,000, you know, what is it? The, how you get up 10,000 feet so that the seatbelt goes off, the seatbelt light goes off and like altitude. And so expect the toddler to get up in the first few hours, especially just to explore the plane, but AKA they'll say they have to go to the bathroom. So my son said that he had to go to the bathroom twice in the first hour, which he did not. We took him both times. My husband got frustrated. He tends to say, you don't have to use it. Just sit down. And I'm like, it will be that one time that we say you don't have to use it. And he really does. And sometimes when I take him, he actually goes. But this particular time I had my husband take him because he was sitting on the out seat and he didn't go to the bathroom not once but I realized that he just wanted to explore the plane this plane was set up very differently than the delta plane that we're usually on because we were on air france and the delta plane is usually uh two and two whether it's in first class or if we're in delta comfort it's like three and three and so I just don't think that he was used to just such a big plane and it looked different 
And so expect that your child will not sit still and, you know, just know your child's, uh, I was going to say tantrum, but know their temperament. Um, something else that I would recommend is bring a battery pack and all activities that your child can do while sitting in the seat, including and or on electronics, but just some physical activities. You don't want to overdo it. We put everything in his, um, little compartment bag. However, one of the things that did happen is, you know, from time to time, he would switch from watching his iPad to watching the TV. What we realized when we got on the plane was that all of the outlets did not work. And so luckily I had purchased like earlier this year, when we went to Walt Disney World. I tend to have like a lot of the battery packs and I bought one that can charge two phones at the same time and it can charge the phones like five times. It's pretty heavy, uh, but it can like go in my handbag or in my purse. And so I decided to charge it up and bring it on the plane, knowing that it would have plugs. And I'm glad I did because the gentleman sitting next to me, my USB plug worked, his did not, nor did the plug-in plug work. So could you imagine if you are on a 10 plus hour flight and the electronic that your child is watching goes dead? Not ideal, right? So um, another tip, do not rely on Wi-Fi to keep your child busy. Sometimes we rely on, oh, it'll connect to YouTube and we'll, you know, get high in the sky and be fine because Wi-Fi may not be working. And so when we were going to Paris, Wi-Fi was a little itchy, so I just didn't pay for it. Um, When we came back, it didn't work at all. And we don't know why it is, but I just took it as a sign that I'm supposed to be present in the moment and not on my computer, which is, you know, fine. However, what if, again, you're relying on Wi-Fi to listen to podcasts, to listen to YouTube videos. So some of the things that we often will do for every trip is with every device that we take, like for example, we have the YouTube subscription, but depending on what gadget you have, you want to download some videos that can just be on your phone. And so like my husband, he downloads podcast videos. I do as well, along with podcast audios in Apple um, podcasts, because when you're up in the sky, it will not play unless it's downloaded to your phone. Also, when you're going out of town, especially during the fall and winter seasons, pack layers. Your skin is different than your child's skin. So for example, my husband to me is more warmer um, than myself. I'll be cold all the time, but then my son will say he's fine and then he'll really be cold. So what we end up doing is bringing all sweatsuits for majority of the days outside of maybe one day. We actually, when we went to the Eiffel Tower, we actually wore jeans. Outside of that, we wore, um, my, my husband wore a hat. I wore wore a little Paris hat and my son wore a Mickey Mouse beanie that we actually bought when we went to Disneyland Paris. I also bought him some gloves because I forgot to buy them before we left. And then for myself, I would always have on a hoodie with like a trench jacket or like a puffy jacket. My son would always have just like my husband on a sweater and a jacket. Also bring blankets and snacks, whether it be for the plane, um, the airport and or just general travel. So another tip that I would highly recommend is arrange transportation before you go to avoid long wait times. And so we actually upgraded our experience through the Disney package where we paid about $35 to $40 for all three of us total. And we were able to get on the Disney experience bus that took us directly from the airport to Disneyland Paris. And so right when we went outside, we had to wait about 15 to 20 minutes because it leaves about every 40 minutes or so. But when we got on the bus, no one was there. Um, So we had the whole like 60 person passenger bus to ourselves. Disneyland itself was about 45 minutes away from the airport. It's in the outskirts. But I'm really happy that we arranged it because you will have people walking up to you to solicit you. And one instance when we were coming back 
back from Paris, from London. Me and my husband said that we got bamboozled because I'm going to compare it to New York. When we go to New York and let's just say we decide to get a taxi versus an Airbnb. Cause sometimes the Airbnb section, like the passenger pickup is horrible. The taxi just has one line. You tell them where you're going. They give you a flat rate. You know how much it costs. When you get in the taxi, they will have a swipeable machine or you can pay cash, right? That's legit. When we were coming off the train, from London back to Paris, because we went from Disneyland Paris, caught the train in London, caught the train back to Paris, and then we wrapped up our trip for like a day and a half. And when we stood in line, it was a legit line for taxis. So they asked us that we need a bigger like car. And we said yes, because we had like four pieces of luggage. So we got in and the gentleman said, after we start driving for three minutes, he said $95, but it has to be cash. And I'm thinking like, I don't have $95 cash, you know, cause they warned us like, you know, people still around there and stuff like that. So I said, well, I don't have cash. And he said, well, I can stop by ATM. Who wants to stop by an ATM? So we, we on a sketchy street is, is looking to me, skid rowers from LA, just no homeless people, right? Like dark, non-city, like non-Paris pretty, you know? And then he says, well, I can pull over. And then if you want, you can just call alter- alternative transportation, and I'm thinking to myself, why the hell would I do that? And my husband was like, nah, we can get out. And I'm like, no, I'm not getting out with all this luggage with a toddler on a street that we're not familiar with. All we know, this nigga could be setting us up. Excuse my language. But I'm like, no. And so we we want to make sure that that doesn't happen again. But we were very pleased with all other arranged transportation. And we also did like Uber um, for majority of the trip, if not walked. Okay. Other tips to look out for is ask about the price. Like I said, for transportation before getting in the car. That's what I would say as my takeaway is that I should have, because they didn't tell me, I should have asked for the fee before I got into the van. And I also should have asked them what type of payment do they take? Because if they would have told us, or I could have also asked when we were in line, then I, you know, would have just called Uber or something. Um, so that sums up to me, tips and things that you want to consider when you're traveling with a young child. If you want to learn more about abundance tools to level up your whole life, because as you've noticed with the pivot in my content for my podcast, if you're an existing podcast listener, but if you're new, welcome, is that I have a mixture on my podcast of, of course, business experiences with private practice, scalable income, streams of income. I also share a lot of the behind the scenes with what happens, you know, with live events, but I also have a certain portion of my podcast that talks about how you can position your mindset and your business so that you can live abundantly. So that means that we talk about whole life experiences. And so if you want to level up your entire life and the mindset that you need to be abundant in your business, I would highly recommend that you click the link in my show notes and click on the link that says therapists deserve abundance club. Okay. So um, in short, if you go to drtk.com forward slash links, that's how you can find out more about the club. But this is our membership club where we meet once a month. It is only open up to mental health providers, either pre-licensed or licensed. And we are looking for clinicians who want an abundant life experience and to also be known for more than I'm going to say just a therapist, because that is not all who we are. We have multiple hats throughout the day. And most importantly, if we want to make um, you know, an epic impact and great 
generate money, we have to become a certain person inside first before we see the results externally. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this podcast episode. I really hope that you enjoyed the Abundance series. If this is your first one tuning in, make sure that you tune into the previous few episodes. I did about uh, two episodes before this one. There will be some more coming because it's the holiday season and I pretty much do this every year. But if you can, please leave me a five-star review. Let me know your biggest takeaway and hop over to Instagram and connect with me because I always like to see familiar faces of people who listen to the podcast. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Listen, I am over here dancing. You just finished another epic episode of the Therapist Deserve Abundance podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but that flew by way too fast. So if you want more, head over to drtk.com for additional abundant resources. And if you are looking for a tribe of abundant therapists like yourself to bounce around ideas and tap into another level of business growth abundance, be sure to join our Facebook community exclusively for therapists. The link is waiting for you at drtk.com. Come.